Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Sofa. It's episode 280. Oh my gosh, 280 episodes. And we have a sponsor, and it's called Soberlink. As we all know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have alcohol use disorder, and that's only for alcohol, not drugs. Only 10% of those people get treatment. This can be attributed to the stigma that surrounds addiction and how people don't want to talk about it. And Soberlink has teamed up with me to, um, we've created a resource guide for tips for keeping busy living sober for those in recovery. Visit www.soberlink.com and download the resource if you or someone you know can benefit from accountability for alcohol recovery. You'll also find a form on that page to sign up for a $50 off promo code. So visit soberlink.com if you would like $50 off. So today's topic ironically came from my daughter. Um, she reached out to me yesterday and she said, mom, um, I have a friend that's newly sober and this person wants to know what to do when you're sober, newly sober, and you want to date. Now my daughter's 24 for those of you that don't know. And so she's a young adult and it's kind of nice because she's always been, um, you know, around my, around me, obviously getting sober. Cause I got sober when she was almost nine, she was actually eight. And, um, so I've always been really transparent with my kids. Um, just having them know what I'm doing and keeping them obviously abreast of what's going on. They've actually never been to a meeting, but they have, um, they've participated in my sobriety in that they know that I'm sober and that they know, that it's a really important thing in my life. They love busy living sober. They've all been on here. And so I feel really grateful for that because we do have that open line of communication, which allows her to then ask me, mom, you know, my friend's newly sober and this person wants to get into a relationship. What do you think? And I sent her a message back that said, you know, they say now advice out there in the universe is don't get into a relationship for the first year. And you might say, why is that? And then they also say, don't change anything for the first year. And you're like, wait a minute. Well, for one, I'm already in a relationship or I'm already married or um, I ha I've already accepted a new job and I'm sober now. What am I going to do? And the crazy thing is, is that we don't really know. It's just a suggestion not to get into a relationship. And the reason that's there is because we spend so much time, at least I have spent, I spent so much time in the beginning worrying about how I was going to change. And I had all these new feelings that I hadn't had in so many years. Right. So I'd had, I'd stuffed all this stuff, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't want to have that feeling. Mm. It was like going to a pinball machine and hitting that thing that's around and it going bing. I, um, I always, I, I wanted to get away from that feeling. Right. So I was like, okay, I don't want to have that feeling. So go away from that. Oh, I hit another one over there. Get away from that and give me another dirty martini or get me another drink. I don't want to feel this. Another way to cope with those not having feelings is also, um, running. And I don't mean 
always necessarily physically out there running or jogging. I mean, like emotionally, just finding yourself busy in things so you don't have to, to feel those feelings. And it takes time to feel okay in your skin. It takes time to have these big waves of feelings come into us and process them. And if we get into a relationship where we change something, that takes a lot of our energy, right? Because we're going to a new job or we're going into a new relationship and we put a lot of effort into that so that it works out, right? So if we have a new job, we want to do everything in our power to understand the new job, to understand our new tools that we need to know to 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 do the job, right? So we've spent, the, we, so there we go. We're running, we're not having those feelings. And then if we have a new relationship, at least for me, when I have a new relationship, it's always about the other person more than it is about me, right? Like I wanna focus all this attention on making sure this relationship works. I wanna make sure the person gets whatever they need from me. I wanna make sure that I am taking care of them most of the time. And that's normally above my own taking care of me, right? Because we do that as human beings. We, we decide that we're going to take, we take care of others rather than taking care of ourselves. It's not natural to take care of ourselves. I don't think, I don't think, I think like the first time we ever really hear about it, maybe is when we're on a plane, when they say to us, you know, put the, put the oxygen on us first. We're like, okay, we don't want to put it on our baby or whatever. We aren't taking care of all the people next to us. And on the contrary, we have to take care of us. And when we put down that drink and we have all these feelings rush up inside of us. And if we're so busy taking care of everybody else, then how do we take care? How do we take care of us? How do we do that? If we're constantly taking care of everyone else, how do we unpack our suitcase of stuff that we've been carrying around for so long? And it's easy to get a diversion. Now, I know a lot of people that have gotten into relationships in their first year of sobriety and they've lasted 30 years. They've lasted a lifetime. They met when they were in rehab and they're still together. I don't know a lot of people that's happened to but it has happened. And so it's not um, defined as definite yes or no. It's a suggestion. So if you're out there and you're like, I want to get into a relationship, I'm really, I'm lonely and now I'm sober and I want to be with somebody. And it totally makes sense that you want to be with somebody because we don't want to have these feelings. Feelings stink. Feelings hurt. Feelings Oh, they just sometimes get us so badly, right? I mean, I went, I was at a, a meeting actually this morning and we were talking about, you know, those feelings of shame, remorse, bitterness, sadness. We have all these things that come up and erupt in us and we just feel so yucky. We don't know what to do with them. And we just get so overwhelmed with those feelings of doubt that we want to go find somebody else, right? I don't want to focus on me. I don't want to do me. I'm like sick of me. I'm sick of how I feel. I'm sick of feeling sad. I'm sick of feeling ashamed. But we get, we get so much 
when we go through this stuff. And it's always important to have somebody by your side to do this. And if it's not a paid professional, if you find some like fellow traveler, a sponsor, someone to walk through these feelings when you're having them is so important because when we have these feelings, at least for me, now I can only talk about me, you know, I was having, I've been going through a lot of feelings lately, a lot. I mean, you guys heard me last week and I want to thank every person that wrote to me last week because you guys all, oh my gosh, you just made my week. I can't tell you how much those messages meant to me. I I can't even tell you, but you know, going through the feelings that I'm going through, I still have feelings today that are uncomfortable and who wants to feel uncomfortable? Not me. I always want to be happy. I don't, but I don't know who's always happy. Who is always happy? I don't think anybody is always happy. And I think especially when we are faced with our wreckage of what we've done and when we wake up and we recognize all the things that we did, it's, it hurts. It hurts. And I can still say now I've made decisions that I'm like, oh my God, why did I make that choice? That was not a healthy choice. Why did I do that? Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? I'm such an idiot. And I do this sober still. I do it sober still. I make stupid decisions and I'm hasty and I want to do it like this. Get it done. Get it done. Check it off the list. Check it off the list. And then you fast forward to the future and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I make this choice? So I have to call someone. And for me, it's a sponsor. And I call the person and I talk about it. And I talk about it. And then I write it down. And then I give it to God. And you're like, how do you give it to God? Well, for me, I write it down and I write on a piece of paper. um, God, please remove this thought from me and have you be and have and God have me be what you want me to be. Not what I want to be, but what you would want me to be. You know, before I even do this podcast, I say a prayer. I'm like, God, please speak through me. And I hope that someone gets something out of what I have to share today. Because my thoughts are always, not always, but they sometimes are negative, right? And they sometimes are self-deprecating and they sometimes are yucky, And if I call this sponsor person and I say this stuff, it feels better right away because most of the time my sponsor says, oh yeah, I felt like that before too. I totally get how you're feeling. I understand it a hundred percent. You know what? And then they tell me a story that had happened to them that makes me feel less alone. I don't feel like such a leper right? I feel like somebody who has actually is a people, a person among people. It's not so debilitating. It's not so scary. It's not so shameful. It's not so isolating. It's not so hurtful right? If we let somebody hear what's going on and then they tell us something that they did, we get to feel less alone, less bad about ourselves. We don't feel so horrible inside. At least I don't. 
when I share this stuff, I feel good. I feel so much better. And it brings God into it. And you might say, I don't believe in God. I don't like this God stuff. And I get it. And it doesn't have to necessarily be Jesus, which it is for me, but it doesn't have to be for you. If it has to be, you know, good orderly direction, a group of drunks, the sun rising, the sun setting, um, the outdoors, the ocean, a river, the woods, the weather, whatever you need, a, a deceased relative, if it's just somebody that you feel that you can give this to, it's really important. It's really important to have something bigger than you that you can't touch and you can't smell and you can't feel. I don't know why, but it is. It's worked for hundreds of millions of people, this whole giving it up to God. And if we give it up to God, we don't have to carry it anymore. And you might say, well, I've been carrying this thing for a really long time. This secret, this thing inside of me that I can't give up. And I don't want to give it to anybody else because I'm scared I'm going to be judged. Find somebody that you're going to trust. And it's not going to be overnight that you're going to trust them. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy on your part. It's going to take an ability to trust. And it's hard to trust people. At least it is for me. A lot of nine out of 10 times I get burned. And then I'm like, I'm not doing this again. I don't want to trust anybody because they always hurt me. But then I do it again and I open myself up and I take that leap of faith that someone is going to love me and is not going to hurt me because it happens. There are people in my life that don't hurt me. Um, and I'm not being like Disney world or idyllic. There are people that are just kind. And I know that they're out there. I know it's hard to find. It's been hard for me to find, but they are there and I can't give up. And I know that we go and we look for these people in romantic relationships and we think that that's going to be the answer because we get romantic and then things happen physically. And then that means love, but we don't love ourselves, but we're giving ourselves to this person. We think that that's going to make it all okay. And it doesn't make it okay. Right. It doesn't make it okay because we've never dealt with the stuff that's inside us. We give ourselves to somebody else, but we don't take care of us. We don't cherish ourselves. We don't figure out what it is that's wrong with us before we move forward. I want to give you another example. Um, when I first got divorced, now this is a long time ago. I got divorced. It was, I got divorced in 2004 and that in the very beginning, I was like, I knew I wasn't going to have a serious relationship because I didn't know who I was, <laughs> what I was. I was drinking a lot for those first two years. I drank from 2004 to 2006 really heavily because of my divorce. And, you know, I always thought, oh, I'm going to get into another relationship. I'm gonna get, but I knew that another relationship was, wasn't going to work because the reality was, is that I wanted to blame the demise of my marriage, my first marriage, my husband, but I couldn't because it takes two to tango. It wasn't just him. It was me too. It was me too. I, I did a lot of things that contribu contributed to the demise of my marriage. And that took a lot of time and um, a lot of help to realize and recognize and be able to admit that. 
And I couldn't go into another relationship until I really, you know, figured out what that was. What did I do to contribute to the demise of marriage? And um, I know I like, I wanted him to be something that he wasn't right at the end of the day. We want people to be what we ideally think that they're going to be. At least I did. I wanted him to be, you know, perfect. I wanted him to be my knight in shining armor. I wanted him to be Prince Charming. I wanted him to be perfect. And it's just, there's no human being that's perfect. We all do things. And my mouth um, gets the best of me at times. And so my mouth got me in trouble. But until I recognized all those things, I couldn't have a healthy relationship with anyone. So when I got sober in 2006, I took that year and it was the first time I took a year of my life and didn't date anybody. I didn't date anybody. I did this whole thing, you know, and I look back at the time of that first year of my sobriety and giving, putting down the drink. And I really focused a lot of energy on, um, getting okay in my skin. And I had had so much shame. There was so much shame. I was so embarrassed that I was an alcoholic and what I had done and what I had done to my kids and what I had done to my marriage and what I had done to my family. And, um, I was so ashamed that I actually even to counter that shame, you know, I patented sober, not ashamed because I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed that I'm like, I'm going to even go more forward and, um, do sober, not ashamed. And, um, to prove that I wasn't ashamed anymore, but I still am ashamed. Sometimes it didn't go away when I, that, you know, 15 and a half years ago, it still creeps up in my life. It's like, oh my gosh, I made terrible choices because of my shame. I've done things because of my shame. And um, being able to recognize that still today is such a gift. And I can ask God to take it away. And he takes it away for the moment. And he might even take it away for the day. He might even take it away for a week, maybe a month, maybe months. But sometimes it creeps back in. And I have to say, God, please take this away again. But taking the time to recognize what these things were, like I wouldn't have known that if I gotten myself into a relationship, I think in that first year, I don't know if I would have recognized how much shame I had because I would have been focusing on this other person, just like we focus on our kids and we focus on our spouses. And if we aren't in a relationship right now and we're like, I'm alone, I've been drinking so much, I feel terrible. And if you're in a relationship like I was in my marriage and you're in this relationship and you're drinking too much and you're like, I don't pay attention to my spouse. I don't care. I'm too focused on, you know, on, I've been drinking too much. And you're like, what am I supposed to do now? I put down the drink. I feel really weird. I feel squirrely at times. I don't want to give of myself, but I have to give them myself. It's tough. I can tell you. So if you're single, I have to tell you, I was single. I was divorced when I came in here. So I was able to not have a relationship. I was, I had a relationship with my kids, but I didn't have a romantic relationship and that helped. But you're saying, well, I'm already in a relationship. Just like I mentioned, you're already in a relationship and I'm not breaking up my marriage for this. So what am I supposed to do? And I'm going to say, take baby steps. Um, be soft with yourself. 
realize that you're having feelings that you've never had before and you're dealing with stuff you haven't dealt with ever and things are coming up about yourself that you're not comfortable with and it's take it like literally be really like with yourself with kid gloves like take care of yourself with kid gloves and you're like what is a kid glove and that's like in the olden days of these very soft leather gloves that they used to wear and treating yourself with those kid gloves with your heart is really important this first year and your loved one your your spouse or your relationship that you're in you're gonna have to be really communicate you're gonna have to communicate a lot with this person and tell them that you're going through things and for them to have patience with you I think that if we communicate with people and we let them know what, where we are and maybe have them understand a little bit, they might not understand a hundred percent, but to have them know that for one, it's not about them. You love them with all your heart, but you need to take care of you right now. You love them. You haven't changed your love for them. It's just that you're having these feelings right now and they're overwhelming and you need to have these feelings right now. And just to maybe let them know to maybe treat you with those kid gloves, say, you know, I need you to be a little soft with me right now. And it's not going to be forever, but I'm going through these feelings that I've never felt before. And this is hard. And if they love you, they're going to understand, but it's really having to communicate with somebody. I don't feel like we all do that very often. I think we go out and we go on dates and we get together and we watch TV, but we don't really talk because we always have this, right? We always have this. And I'm pointing up right now, a cell phone. There's always the cell phones always interrupting us. So really leaving that in another room, turning off the TV, putting the kids to bed, putting pets outside, just really sitting there in a quiet, just the two of you and talking is really important. I like to talk to JF at least once a week, just with nothing. And you're like once a week and it's hard once to get that time for us to just not have anything, no friends, no TV, no kids calling, no dogs in the way. It's hard, but we, I try to carve out at least an hour to talk to him and just be like, this is where I am today. This is what I'm going through. And what are you going through? Because we all have stuff that comes up all the time, all the time. Triggers come up all the time. We have feelings that come up that are uncomfortable all the time. And being able to talk to your spouse or your partner like this is important, right? Now you might say, I don't have a partner right now. Well, good for you. You're lucky right now because these feelings in the very beginning, especially for me, those feelings were really, really hard. And I would call my sponsor and I tell her all these feelings I was having. And they were crazy feelings. Like I want to run away. Now I had three little kids and I wanted to run away. I didn't want to make dinner. I didn't want to do the laundry. I didn't want to pick them up from school. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to lay in bed and feel sorry for myself. That's what I wanted to do. So I'd call her and I'd tell her, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. Ah!" I'd throw up on her. Ah! It's terrible. Please help me. I don't want to do this anymore. And she'd be like, okay, thanks for letting it out. Now go make dinner. And I'd be like, okay, 
And I'd feel better doing that. But this whole relationship thing, it's hard to have a relationship. We don't know who we are. I had no idea what my favorite color was forever. I thought it was green. I still love green, but I love orange so much more. And I didn't know that. I finally wasn't a chameleon for what everybody else wanted me to be, right? For so long, at least for me, I'd go to a party and I'd be what you wanted me to be. If I went on a date, I'd be who he wanted me to be, you know? Um, And I wasn't me. I wasn't my authentic self. And to be our authentic self takes so much work. And it's like really admitting these things that are inside of us. It's being rigorously honest and being rigorously honest. Sometimes it's not easy, especially if we've never been rigorously honest, especially if we have been judgmental and we have been not so nice. And if we have done things that we're ashamed of. It's hard to admit those things. But if we do, that's the first step to freedom. Because then you don't have to carry it around anymore. When we carry this stuff around, these things inside of us that we don't want anybody to see, that are deep, dark inside, down, 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 deep. We let them go. and We tell somebody, we get free. We get free. So should you get into a relationship in your first year, which is what Hadley asked me yesterday. She said, should my friend get into a relationship or do you have any advice? She said, do you have any advice for getting into a relationship in your first year? And I'm going to say, take it easy. Take it easy. Could it work out? Sure. It could. I have no idea, but make sure you're taking care of you at the same time. Don't give this other relationship all of you because you deserve this time to take care of you to go inside of you and take care of you and figure out what's important to you. Getting honest with you, getting honest with what your feelings are and what upsets you and what doesn't upset you and what you've been, what you've had around you that you haven't wanted to touch. You know, I had a lot of stuff. I still remember this. I talked about it today in my meeting. I was like, I remember not wanting to get sober because I thought if I get sober and I get rigorously honest, I'm going to be Humpty Dumpty and all the King's horses and all the King's men would not be able to put Humpty back together again because I was broken. I was a broken girl. And to get fixed, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of time. And it's, it's possible if we take the time. Give yourself the time to fall in love with you. Give yourself the time to figure out what your favorite color is and give yourself the time to fall in love with you, fall in love with you. And if you don't pick up a drink or a drug one day at a time, each day you do that each day makes you a winner each day. Don't give up. Don't give up. Each day is a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. If that's your first little way of chipping at that heart of yours, be proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself. You didn't drink today. And that's like, wow, because we're not supposed to not drink. You know, as I mentioned, when I was talking about this advertisement in the very beginning of my show, you know, Nearly 1.5, 15 million people in the U.S. have alcohol addiction. 
15 million. And if you're one of the lucky ones that's listening to this, be proud of yourself today. Be proud of yourself today. Thanks for listening. You can always reach out to me and please do because you don't understand how much it means to me when you reach out to me and you can reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com and that's B-U-S-Y. Go to my website, busylivingsober.com. Check it out. See if you like it and um, subscribe to my channels if you would. And I hope um, you fall in love with you and I hope that you get busy living sober. Okay. Get busy living sober. And until next time, take care of yourself, fall in love with you. And thank you for listening to me today. I really appreciate it. And until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Love y'all. Take care. Bye-bye.